Hey guys, welcome to Smoke Show Show. Today we have Akanksha Aurora, and she's an incredible actress, model, comedian. All of those things, yes, and writer. Yes, forgot the most important one, <laughs> her day job. Yes, I write on a kid's TV show. It has nothing to do with anything else I do. But yeah, hi. It's a vibe. Okay, so where are you from? So, born and raised in Mumbai, India. Tight. Uh, went to college in Boston, and now I'm here in LA because I couldn't. Did, I just didn't fuck with that weather. Did you learn British English or American English? I did. I was spelling C O L O U R. So you like naturally speak English with like a British accent. Yes. Hit, so, it, hit us with it. <laughs> this. Okay, this is how I naturally sound. Like, this is when I, when I speak to yeah. my parents, when I speak to my family, this is how I normally sound. I just code switched. I just, like, developed a white voice because I was just tired of being judged. Like, I just, people took me less seriously, seriously, seriously. See, when I do it in the same sentence. <laughs> oh, wow. So you, you're, you, so you, like, learned. I, I didn't know that in India when they learn English, they don't learn with like, uh, what's it called again? Like a British accent. Yeah, that that's the British accent. Oh, okay. I guess it's just like the Indian version, Indian iteration of the British accent, but. Yeah, like yeah. my mom is Jamaican and she mm -hmm. speaks with a Jamaican British accent. <laughs> and so it sounds like British, but then there's like the Jamaican parts too. It's like very weird. Like ha like honestly, most of my family speaks that way. I'm like one of the only ones that speaks just like, you know, American, whatever. Mm -hmm. But yes, these are pre-rolls. I put them in like a Packwoods thing, but they're just normal pre-rolls. Okay. And they're Indica, which is like my favorite to smoke. Um, so what do you, you prefer Indica? Yeah, I'm definitely a, a hybrid girly, but indica leaning hybrids. Okay, that's tight. Mm -hmm. Um, you have a lighter right there. Oh, wow, yes. so thoughtful. She of thought course. of everything. I love it. Um, so when did you start comedy? I started doing comedy about two years ago because I worked in a soulless corporate job, and it just felt wrong. It just felt like, did I really immigrate to this country and like just to? freaking push promos through the pipeline and send e send my little emails like I just felt like I needed an outlet for my actual voice so and, you were writing like yeah. promos for radio I wasn't even writing I was in production for five years in kids television like as a PA as a production coordinator yeah oh being a production coordinator is a hard job it's basically especially when you don't want it yeah <laughs> The production coordinator basically does all the legwork for producers. Like they create all like the schedules, budgets. They literally do all the actual producing, but then they get paid like the a little bit, <laughs> of, like an infinitesimal amount that the producer gets paid. And oh, yeah. it's kind of crazy because like when I work on indie projects and stuff, they expect me to do the work of a production coordinator, Why? but they call me a producer. And, <laughs> Those and are it's different like, things. I just, no, I, I don't think they are. I think that well, production project, coordinators yeah. should be considered like associate producers, mm -hmm. at least like a junior producer for what you're doing, for sure. Yeah, I and it was like a, it was in an office, so I didn't even really get to go on set. There wasn't much variety day to day. Wow, I just had it to was just sure. schedules and like mm -hmm. spreadsheets. Yes. And that's annoying. And reports that they called flow reports. They're like 300 pages long. 
So yeah, as you can imagine, it was pretty mind numbing. And I, I've always wanted to write, like I've always wanted to write comedy. And I felt like stand up was the way that I would be able to just get instant feedback on that because I'm very introverted. And it didn't, it wasn't my first choice, but I was like, you know, I need to know if I'm funny. And that's, that seemed to be, be like the best way to find out. Yeah. Um, how did you get into writing? I was always writing, you know, former emo kid, former gifted kid. I can't remember a time that I wasn't writing. And then also like, I grew up in Bollywood, which is like a very oh, amazing, very, like, I would die to be in a Bollywood film. I would do anything. Listen, I can make this happen for you. I can probably make this happen for you. Like, so many people I went to high school with are in Bollywood now. And I'm like, I fucked up. I should have just stayed there and, and been in Bollywood. All of her high school friends put me in your film. Yes. <laughs> if you need a black person to rob you in a Bollywood <laughs> film, <laughs> I'm your girl. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I love Bollywood films, but yeah, that's crazy. You yeah. know, sometimes I get DMs to be in Indian porn, but never <laughs> in Bollywood films. Uh, you know, uh, you never know. It could be a stepping stone. That's how <laughs> That's how one of the actresses, um, I think her name is <coughs> Sunny Leone or Sunny Leone. She was like a Canadian Indian porn girl. And she just started, like, one day, I just saw her in a Bollywood movie, and I was like, oh, good for her, you know? The audience will come and see if you will get people to sit down she and see. Yeah, she crossed Yeah, it's over. possible. Wow. I would have never imagined. It could all happen for you. <laughs> yeah, man. I need to answer some DMs. I'll be back. Uh, <laughs> so, did you smoke weed in India? What's Indian weed like? No, so it's so funny. <laughs> I was such a good kid. Like, no. So you never went back to India and tried to smoke some weed? You know, honestly, no, because the weed that I have smoked in India just hasn't been this good. Like, I think I'm spoiled now by California It's like bush weed. weed or whatever. Yeah, it's just like, where did you get this? Did you literally, like, dig this out of the ground? Like, what is this? That's how it is in Jamaica. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's not giving. It's just not giving. <laughs> it's not giving. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I'm going back in like a month, though. You gotta so smoke maybe I'll some try weed. some more weed. Yeah. Yeah, but you gotta, yeah, keep it chill. But yeah. <laughs> I know they have good weed because they have like mountain weed, like holy weed. Oh, like, a holy weed? I need some holy blessed, Indian weed. Blessed weed. Like, yeah. <laughs> I know they have some it. Some enlightened weed. I know they have it, but Mumbai is disgusting. So, like, I feel like, you know, in line with that, the weed is disgusting there, too. I want some Ayurvedic weed. I want it to See? heal me. <laughs> Weed with ashwagandha, with yes. like all the all the you know things that Americans pronounce what? incorrectly. Really, they have cannabis with ashwagandha? blends. They might. That would be amazing. I that would like, change my life. I feel like if they don't, then this is a business opportunity. Like I we should, could. It's time <laughs> we could make. Our I feel signature. like who wouldn't want to buy Ayurvedic weed, right? <laughs> I, I'm immediately sold. Yeah. Wow. Um. So. You are, like, a comedian that's, like, from another country. Mm -hmm. How is it, like, you know, adjusting to American comedy versus, like, Indian comedy? Like, growing up, like, what was that? Did you also, like, grow up, like, watching, like, a lot of British comedy, too? Like, how was that? <laughs> I always tell people that I was raised on a diet of Seinfeld and Shah Rukh Khan. Like, it, I think that describes my comedic sensibility perfectly because... 
a lot of like my writing is extremely dramatic and emotional and then a lot of my comedy comes from like india's extreme roasting culture like we're just so mean we're just so <laughs> mean in such a casual and offhand way that i had to pull back a little bit when i like moved to the states i was like man these people are like doing this whole song and dance of like being nice it almost feels less familiar and less friendly that they're all being nice so i feel like yes my comedy is a little mean and i had to pull it back when i came to uh the states but i do still have some pretty mean jokes that, yeah. that actually do really well so the world needs more <laughs> bitches i just need less and i come from like the ultimate bitch culture like everyone you meet there is a dick but they're doing it because they love you it's like um Roasting is like a love language where I'm from. Oh wow, it's like <laughs> being black with the dozens or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, my entire family just roasted me my entire life, but I know that they roasted me because they love me. <laughs> I yeah, I don't know if my family roasted me because they love me. That's a whole other thing I'm we'll dead. need to unpack, but in general, we're a roasting culture and um the one thing I really noticed like when I started doing stand up is like the Indian diaspora, like, they are doing their own thing that does not, that, like, I couldn't quite fit into. Like, being an immigrant from India, like, the young immigrant experience is completely different than the first-gen experience. But I think that's the more interesting experience. I think Like, because so. they just talk about, like, <laughs> what they do is, like, they talk about their parents, they talk about people like you, but it's not right. the same. And I think it's a little threatening because it's, like, wait, what, you're from India? And, like, the, yeah. term, the term that they use is fob, right? Fresh off the boat. And I'm like, I'm a fob, but you're the one in all the Bollywood dance groups and the Indian <laughs> dating apps. Like, something's I'm not crying. clicking, Steven. Something's not clicking, Steven. It's like, I actually immigrated from India, so I'm an immigrant. Like, I don't just share poems on Twitter about my mango-scented motherland. Like, I fucking, I did the thing. <laughs> I did the biometrics. Mango-scented. Like, <laughs> I was just like, you know, we're not the same. Like, we might have similar background, but it's it's night and day. Like, the young immigrant versus first-gen experience. So I think yeah. my comedy is just, like, a little bit different than what you hear from Indian comics a lot of the time. But you're probably more daring because of that. Yeah. It's like, I'm the first in my family to immigrate to this country. I kind of make my own rules around what it means to be Indian and how I express that. So... I'm just doing what I want, really. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible to me because, yeah, my mother, like, immigrated from Jamaica to America. And it's like the Jamaican comedians are just so fierce, you know? And yeah. so, like, they inspired me. My first comedy show I went to was, like, a Jamaican comedy show for Oliver, who's, like, this famous, like... Wait, I think I've heard of Oliver. Yeah, he's, like, world famous. He's amazing. He is, like, the Jamaican comedian. And he's so, like, evil. He's, like, Jamaican Tyler Perry, but if he did stand-up. And, yeah, he's just outstanding comedian. And, like, to see someone daring like that or, like, to listen to how, like, sexual the Jamaican music <laughs> is, like, I feel like all the good parts of, like, my art and, like, my comedy yeah. come from being jamaican but like as a first gen i definitely would feel intimidated if i saw someone that was like you know actually like like you said fresh off the boat from jamaica <laughs> like well <laughs> it's crazy um 
I would feel intimidated to a certain extent because I'd be like, oh, they understand, like, you know, really what it means to, like, be this identity stronger than I ever could. But I think that's why you should be there because it's, like, you fought to, like, have your voice more than anyone else (laughs) of your, like, upbringing, to be honest. Yeah, no, and I I do think about that a lot because it's, like, I know, like, okay, so I have a a short story that's getting published next year and it's titled... Did my ancestors get their ass ate? Where and can it's they literally, see it? Oh, um, okay. So it's going to be published in the, this is really long, Women's National Book Association Anthology of Authentic Voices. Which volume? Or I actually don't issue? know which volume. But next year, check the it out. The newest one. <laughs> yeah, the next one. And that's actually what the short story is about. Like, I basically re- reflect on the opportunities or lack of opportunities that women in my lineage had because I'm the first to immigrate, like I'm the first to be 29 tattooed and childless. Like it's um, crazy. It's definitely a completely different path. But at the same time, like it's like you said, like some of the best parts of this path or the best parts of this voice come from all of that that came before me. Yeah. So it's just because you've come so far. Mm-hmm. It's like when I think of someone like Rihanna, you know, like how she was able to like bring Caribbean culture to like, you know, the forefront and show like how beautiful and special that we are like to have like when I listen to her story, it's irrational to me. Like I can't imagine being 16 years old and moving to New York and, you know, yeah. like becoming a superstar like that shit. But like that's what allows her to be so strong because she came from the source So I think that's very admirable. And I think it also shows in her comfort with her culture. Like, I think that it's not a performance. It's not even something that she necessarily has to talk about all the time because she's embodying it all the time. Yeah. And that's kind of my relationship to it, too. And also being compared to Rihanna is, like, pretty pretty special. I love Rihanna. (laughs) Yeah, that's so great. (laughs) I'm like, oh, wow, I'm going to tell all my friends. Yeah, but, gotta um, let them know you're Indian Rihanna. Yeah, <laughs> they see Rihanna. <laughs> yes. Um, but no, yeah, embodying it. It's, that I think only really comes with the whole, the the fragmented identity, the fifty fifty of it. Yeah, just being yourself. Yeah. Um, do you was it called again? Prefer joints or blunts? Ooh. I think joints casually, blunts socially. Yeah. I love blunts, but I can't roll, so I can only Same. make joints. That's why I say socially, because there's usually men around rolling them for me. So, Yeah, you hang around a lot of black dudes. <laughs> Obviously, blunts. <laughs> <laughs> no comment, no comment. Uh, I'm dead. Anyways, um, <laughs> so where do you see yourself in 10 years? Like, you've, like, done so much already, but, like, where do you want to be in, like, 10 years with your career? Oh. <sighs> smoke show job interview section um i think i just want to be happy like i definitely do not want to be working a corporate job anymore in 10 years like baseline i can say that i want to be creating stuff on my own terms kind of like what you do like you are someone i really look up to creatively because i'm like this person's doing fucking everything that they want to be doing thank you um and it's pretty amazing so i think i don't know if 10 years might be too far out, but I even want to say in the fi- in the next five years, I want to get to like kind of where you are as like a working creative, a working writer, someone who kind of like sets their own schedule, creates stuff they love and gets to travel a lot because I don't know, having a nine to five is a very stationary 
thing and I think it just time just passed me by in the last few years I feel like I've just been lucky enough to like have a job that I work from home mm. like some writers rooms are in person some aren't yeah and it's just like getting lucky enough not to like have <laughs> I know we are currently in the office five days a week and five I, days a week yes. why and I don't have a car so I'm commuting almost an hour and a half on the LA Metro, which is completely sold. Are they paying for that? No. They need to. No, they are not. So it's just like that, I don't know. Just being in that, it's just not for me. I can't just be in like a fluorescent lit box like forever. <laughs> so I'm I really gonna... like your TikTok though, where you get ready every day. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's like you get ready, but it's sort of like Desi themed, right? Yeah, so I make these get ready videos on TikTok set to 90s Bollywood music. Yeah. And they're just songs from my childhood and like I... TikTok, it's so funny because when I created TikTok, it was my way of like screaming into the void. Because like, as I said, I'm introverted. So the whole thing about being a stand-up and you're like, put your comedy on Instagram, make reels, like put your comedy everywhere. I was like, ah, I don't know, like that's not me. Yeah. So I created this TikTok being like, I just need an app where like no one I know is going to see me and I can just do some stupid shit and scream into the void. And that's... Now, now I have more followers on TikTok than anywhere else. So it's like, okay, I think this went backwards, but it has been a really fun experience. No, I love fashion. <laughs> and I even like your outfit now. It's like Aww. so colorful, like something that like people always say, like kind of racist to me because I'm like Caribbean. They'd be like, yo, you wear so much color. That's just like so, you know, of that culture. Mm -hmm. And I'll be like, yeah, what's wrong with that? Yeah, because I can. Yeah, and and, like you like actively try to incorporate that. And so now I'm like, I want to actively try and incorporate like my own culture into like my outfits. So I've been wearing a lot of like more like Caribbean themed outfits because I was like, this is cool. Yes, absolutely. I... I think it's interesting too because like it's just like small little touches like I'll wear jumkies or I'll wear like a skirt that I found in India or whatever but it makes me feel so much more comfortable as myself yeah and connected to who I am so I remember I lived in Turkey and they like the old ladies are called tezes mm-hmm. and they have these pants that like they always wear and they're called teze pants or whatever but they're like basically old lady pants, but I wore them Love all the time. Pants. They're like harem pants in uh-huh. the United States, but they're called Taze pants there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I like brought so many back and I would wear them all the time. Yeah. And it just like made me feel so cool. And I was like, why didn't I do that with my own culture? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not too late. You know, you're doing it now. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what are your personal inspirations? You talk about like old Bollywood films and Seinfeld, but like what else inspires you? I think I, well, in case it hasn't been obvious already, I'm very mentally ill. I'm crying. I'm, yeah. it, it was not in obvious. In case it's not obvious, <laughs> it like I'm obviously obvious. suffering. Um, I, <laughs> the thing is, it's interesting because like what I have is this thing called a complex PTSD or complex post-traumatic stress disorder. And the thing with that is that you don't remember like most of your life. Like I don't remember too much from my childhood outside of like specific memories and stuff. So I oh, am that's inspired. what that's called. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> See, 
I feel like a lot of people low-key have this, but they don't know the word for it, so now you know. I thought no one remembered their childhood. <laughs> so I'm, like, a huge driving force for me behind everything I do is to kind of create safety for people, like, create a space where, like, it's okay if you're a little fucked up and weird or whatever, but, um, you know, you're safe here and you're good here. So I draw a lot of inspiration from, like, oh god this is gonna sound so cliche um bell hooks and like oh wow i love bell hooks yeah people who talk about like the radical power of love and community care and mutual aid and things like that like i think i draw a lot of inspiration from people like that too wow um that's crazy you already weirdly like also gen z because they're so maybe not all of them but like they're just so open like about their self-expression and like the way that they are like i fucking love tiktok um <laughs> yeah i feel like everyone's always like you're too old to be on tiktok which i'm just what does like that mean? there's like a space i for love there. it it's literally my favorite form of social media i'm on their way too much probably <laughs> me too me too i i'm on their way too much and it's so funny because like um the thing about my TikTok is even though I don't have like too many too too many followers, I have some really dedicated ones who like crossed over from TikTok into coming to my stand-up shows. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. I have none of those. Where are y'all? <laughs> <laughs> They're all so like, you know, I think that it's weird because I thought, well, I'm not a relatable like influencer. I don't have anything to offer you really. But they're all like, oh, my God, we love you because you talk about dressing up to go get your Lexapro. And I'm like, it's interesting how the vibe has shifted from like aspirational influencers who are like really perfect and put together to like fuck ups with adult acne, like stoners <laughs> who are mentally ill. I'm like. You know, I'm happy. I'm happy I could do something for you because I wasn't trying. <laughs> I'm dead. Yeah, that is true. I feel like um, before, like, influencers, like, it was, like, embarrassing how perfect it was to me. Yeah. Like, I would, like, see them trying so hard to be perfect because I lived in West Hollywood for, like, four years. So yep, I would see them be, like take the photo <laughs> it's like don't and then they're just like, like <laughs> just arching until it fucking breaks yeah like, no Damn. like and like they would all <laughs> always go to the same exact places and it was just like frustrating and now like i feel like people tiktok made people way more comfortable yeah it's like you can just be in your house i have you waxed <laughs> my mustache on tiktok <laughs> like, i'm screaming yeah you don't have to like look perfect no yeah everything doesn't have to be photoshopped to mm -mm. the nines yeah yeah that's that's what i literally waxed my mustache on tiktok this morning i'm screaming so. i um yeah I shave my well dermaplan my face. I feel like everyone on TikTok says you're not supposed to, but you I do look it anyway. So it's, it's working. <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> um, so, do you have anything you want to promote? Um, yes. So I have started to write more creative nonfiction after I got encouraged by that publishing deal, and so that's I amazing. Wanna, yeah, I want to. I think I want to pursue that a little more strongly. So I Yay. started um, a Substack which like I had never heard of until two weeks ago. Um, but I think I'm going to be sharing some of the stuff that I'm learning about or mental health stuff or comedy stuff. I just felt like Substack was a good catch-all. So it's Daisy Buchanan with the Daisy spelled as D-E-S-I dot Substack dot com. 
That's, uh, and then my comedy. Yeah. My Instagram is Bombay underscore satire. I love puns. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And what's your TikTok? It's also Desi Buchanan. So D-E-S-I Buchanan, like the Gatsby character. Okay. Thank you guys so much for having us. Bye. Thank you.